If you have a Bible with you this morning, we are starting a journey. We're starting a journey in faith as we walk through the book of Joshua. You know, as I was preparing to uh, try to look and, and find where God would have for us to go next step, next book, so to speak, I had never preached through Joshua before. And um, started reading through it, and I mean, just every single page, God was just uh, hitting me, and as some of you know, I believe that if God's Word hits me, I'm kind of just like you, and God's Word ought to hit you, because we're all in the same realm. We are in the midst of people needing a Savior, and so uh, we're going to start our journey this morning in the book of Joshua, and we will look at Joshua chapter 1. So if you have a copy of God's Word, turn with me there. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, the verses that I will read will be on the screen. You can follow along there. After the death of Moses, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go after... Uh, Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Just as I promised to Moses from the wilderness and uh, this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people. Through the midst of the camp and command the people. Excuse me, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people. Prepare your provisions for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go into, take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh, Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as He has to you. 
And they also, uh, and they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it. And the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And they answered Joshua, All that you have commanded us, we will do. And whenever you send us, wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only make the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word. And Father, at this time that you would speak to your people as we hear your word. We love you and we thank you. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. This morning, I want to open this book. I want to open the, uh, the life of Joshua to you. I want us to, to gather as a body of believers to, to see God. To see God as He was in Joshua chapter 1. To see God as He is right now here at River Bend. Three points as we look and as we begin this journey. The first is this. We all need to come to this point and we all need to think about this statement. I know the name of the book is Joshua and it would be extremely easy for us to just overlook that first segment of the first sentence of the book that states this. After the death of of Moses, the servant of the Lord. It would be extremely easy just to slide right past that because the book is about Joshua, the book is about what is to come, but let us not forget Moses. So let's take just a few moments to think of this servant of the Lord. You and I need to hear that phrase, after the death of Of Moses, the servant of the Lord. The the phrase got me thinking this week as I was trying to get past it, as I was trying to move forward to Joshua. That that phrase, after the death of Moses, grabbed a hold. And part of that is probably because in my uh, daily time with the Lord, I've been further back in the Old Testament. I've been reading through what has been taking place in the life of Moses in Deuteronomy and Leviticus and uh, seeing how he has led for some 40 years this obstinate and stiff-necked people. And it got me thinking about a couple of episodes in Numbers chapter 20, verses 8 through 13. It states this, God is speaking to Moses He says, take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord and as he had commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly, so they got all the people there and together before this rock. And he said to them, hear now, you rebels. Now... If you haven't thought about the children of Israel lately, and more than likely you probably haven't, but if you haven't thought about them, all they did was complain. 
Uh, that is every single day, million of people, almost two, th- 2 million people, maybe a little over 2 million people. They're out in the middle of the desert. There's no air conditioner. There's no car. There's no water. And they're so upset. And this isn't the first time that they have seen God provide for them out of a rock. This is actually the second time. And Moses is a little frustrated. And he says, you rebels. Shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and he struck the rock with his staff twice. And water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank and their, all their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me. To uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord. And through them he showed himself holy. Time passes on and the book name changes from Numbers to Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 25 down through verse 28 states this. Moses is talking to the Lord. He says, please let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan. That good hill country and, and Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me. He was angry with me because of you speaking to Israel. And he would not listen to me. And the Lord said to me, enough from you. Do not speak to me of this matter again. Go up to the top of Pisgah. Lift up your eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward. And look at it with your eyes. For you shall not go over this Jordan. But charge Joshua, encourage and strengthen him. For he shall go over at the head of this people. And he shall put them in possession of the land that you shall See, do you see the events? Moses, their leader for some 40 years, he was God's man. He had led them from bondage in Egypt. He had led them across the the, uh, Red Sea. He had been there as they defiled and went against God when he sent in 12 spies into the land, as we'll see in the coming weeks. As they went in and they came back with a negative statement of saying there's no way that we can go there we're like grasshoppers in these people's eyes sure it's a land flowing of milk and honey sure it's great but i'm telling you we are like grasshoppers there's no way but moses was a man like you and like me in that moses sinned and i just read you an account of one of his sins And because of that, there were consequences. Just like there are consequences to you sinning and for me sinning. God commanded this. Moses heard what God stated. He disobeyed. God disciplined Moses. And that discipline was, you will not lead this people into their rest. Moses sought for things to go back the way that they were. But God made it clear, you will not lead this people. You know, Moses doesn't have a tombstone because God 
buried in you. There are a number of words that would describe who Moses was. There's a number of words that are attributes of who he was. He was a man of of faith. He was remembered as one who was meek, as one who was humble. He was a servant. Right here is a description of that, the servant of the Lord. He was a man who met face to face with God. God didn't speak with Moses like he spoke with anybody else. But he would stand in front of him face to face. And after Moses spoke with God, his face shone. There was a difference. But Moses, the servant of the Lord, is dead. Any of those words would be great on a tombstone. Do you know that one day, Every single one of us, if the Lord tarries, will be just like Moses. Every single one of us will breathe his or her last. The only way to be remembered like Moses is remembered is to live today that way. To live today, to live this week how you want to be remembered. The only way for us to be remembered as a servant of the Lord, the only way that for us to be remembered as one who is humble, as one who loves, as one who cares, as one who follows after God, is to live that way. You and I live in a culture... Jay and Amanda were talking about how the culture is different. You and I live in a culture where we throw up walls and we say, hey, everything's okay. It's okay. And as we began the service today, I was trying my hardest not to check my phone, but one of our own, a member of of Riverbend, is... Facebooking me back and forth saying, hey Brian, everything is not okay. I'm trying to get it to be okay, but everything is not okay. You know what? There's four segments of chairs. And I would dare say that in this segment, in that segment, this segment, everything's not okay. And the way that you can get everything okay, no matter what the trial is, no matter what the, the, the river that God is calling for you to pass, no matter the, the wilderness that He's got you in at this moment, the only way for you to make it in that wilderness is for you to say, okay, Lord, I'll do whatever you want. Not, hey, I'm okay. Because it's not okay. Don't lie. He knows. Don't lie so well that you even start believing your own lie. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I'm giving you. You and I must come to the point where 
Sure, we prioritize our lives. Sure, we have beliefs, but you and I must have convictions as well. There's a difference between belief and conviction. Belief is what you hold dear. Conviction is what holds you. And so my question to you this morning as we move to a second point is this. What is more dear to you? Is family more dear to you? Or is God? Is leisure more dear to you? Or is God? Is the job more dear to you? The finances more dear to you? The Blue recliner and vegging out, is it more dear to you or is it God? What's more dear? Family, leisure, entertainment, sleep, stuff, toys, grades relationships with boys and girls, comfort. You may chase after that, but I'm telling you, just like Solomon says, it's all fleeting. It's vanity upon vanity. It's chasing after the wind. The only thing that has substance is God. So Moses says to you and to me, and he asks God, He asked you in Psalm 90, verses 8 through 12, You have set our iniquities before you. He's speaking to God. Our secret sins in the light of your presence for all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but... Toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger or, and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Yesterday I turned 41. That means I'm going to die because I'm not already dead. But one day I'm going to breathe my last. And Moses is saying to me and he's saying to you, teach us to number those days. Seventy or eighty. I told my mom that over, my, over half of my life is over. And she's like, why? Didn't you honor your father and your mother? And I said, well, I'm saying that I probably didn't do as well as I should have there. So he may not give me long days. But in... Chapter 90, he says 70 or 80, three score and ten. You and I need to start living today, preparing for that day. The great reformer Martin Luther really only had two days on his calendar that he thought of this day and that day. This day, today. What, what, what's in front of me today? What do I need to be about today? Three hours a day, he would pray. Today, this day, and he also had that day, the day of the Lord, the day that we would be raptured, the day that we would be reunited with him. 
Those are the two days that were in his scope, and may they be in our scope as well. Back to Joshua. That one was free. Joshua, point number two is this. Obedience precedes blessings. You need to understand that. I need to understand that. I need to grab a hold of that and not let that one go. Obedience precedes blessings. I'm going to show you four or five of these blessings in Joshua. Very quickly, I'm going to show you these blessings in these verses. But you and I need to understand what preceded these blessings and what precedes the blessings in your life and in my life today is your obedience. Are you going to obey or not? Brian, are, are you just going to sit around? Are you going to do what I told you to do? I told you to do this. Are you going to do it? If you do it, there will be blessing. If you don't do it, then you know what? You're still going to be struggling. You're still going to be out there. You're still going to be in the same spot. Obedience precedes blessing. If you look in verse 3, verse 5, verse 6, verse 8, and verse 13. There are blessings that God speaks to Joshua concerning himself and concerning all of Israel. And he says this, Every place that the sole of your foot treads on is yours. Verse number 3. Every place that you step on that side of the Jordan is yours. So every time that you take a step with your left or your right and you're just moving through, you can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, that's my land. Blessing. Think about Joshua for a second. I mean, he's leading the children of Israel. And he is there with hundreds of thousands of men. And he's just taking steps. And every step, I just believe that he's saying, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is yours. This is yours. This is yours. Nobody, verse 5, will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Moses, I'm sure, had penned those words about, teach us, O Lord, to number our days. Joshua, his assistant, had heard that. Joshua was living that each and every day. And nobody, God says, nobody will be able to stand Against you all the days of your life. What a blessing. Verse 6, you will cause this people to inherit the land. It was Joshua who was able to lead God's people. He was an assistant. He was a, a soldier. And now he is the leader of this people of God. He is taking every step in these coming chapters, in these coming verses, every step. And he is realizing Nobody's going to be able to stand against me all the days of my life. And this people, is going, they are going to be able to inherit this land as a possession. Verse number 8 is a verse that we use as one of our core beliefs. This book of the law. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This book of the law, you should meditate on it. You should take it in. 
You you should soak it up. You should think about it. You should ponder about it day and night. Is that how you think of this book? It's a blessing. This book, Genesis to Revelation, is a blessing. Meditate on it. Soak it in. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Day or night. Joshua soaked it up. As you and I will see. As we're walking through this in just a moment. He devoted his whole life to the Lord. What an example for you and for me. What a blessing that you and I have. Not just the first five books of it. But we have all of God's word. Are you soaking it up? Am I soaking it up? Or is it, oh, I'll get to that later. I'm so busy, I can't go there today. Which, I can't go there tomorrow. I can't go there the next day or the next day. And what happens is a week passes and you have not fed on the glorious nutrition. You know what? Your kids see it. Your spouse sees it. Your boss sees it. And if you're honest with yourself, you see it. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. And 13, the Lord's providing a place of rest. Say, Brian, there is no way that God can provide rest where I am right now. Yes, He can. Yes, he will. But before you and I can see rest in this moment, we must obey. Before you and I can see rest eternally, we must obey. The only way that any of these blessings were coming to the soul of Joshua, the only way that any of these blessings were coming to Israel was this. They must obey Three days from now, you're going to cross over the Jordan and you're going to walk and you're going to take the land that I'm giving you. That is obedience. Until they did that, no blessing. Folks, you and I are standing on a riverbank and you're scared to death because of all the stuff that's happened in the past. You're there and you're saying, I don't know if I can trust God. The water is raging. I don't know if there is a quiet place and there is a spot where I can step and God says, obey. You're like, "Uh, I don't know what's on the other side. Do you trust Him? He has blessings. He has blessings galore for you and He has blessings galore for me. If you and I would just trust Him. Those blessings are physical in nature and also spiritual in nature. Those blessings are for right now and those blessings are forevermore. He says, do you trust me? But before those blessings come, he says, there must be obedience. There must be obedience in your heart and in your life. Joshua, here's a test. Do you trust me? Are you going to obey 
Because there's a raging river. It's overflowing its banks at this time and there's really no bridge to get across. Do you trust me? Brian, you haven't looked at my finances. You haven't looked at my finances. Do we trust him? He says, hey, if you'll give me what's mine, I'll open the windows of heaven and I will bless you. And you can't outgive me. You test me in this. Test me in this river being. Test me in this brine. Test me in this. Put your name there. And I will bless you. Obedience sometimes is not easy, but you need to understand it's also not hard. What are you talking about, Brian? It's not easy sometimes because it's going against what you want, what the flesh wants. I don't want to obey. It's not hard. He hasn't got it in a secret crevice. Yesterday, a part of my birthday was a scavenger hunt around my house to find presents. I loved it. Thank you. But you know what? That's not God. God says, here it is. Here's your blessing. Take it. It's right here. I'll give it to you. I'm not going to hide it. It's right here. I'll give it to you. But you've got to obey. A third and final point this morning is this. Your allegiance, my allegiance, must be revisited. We've got to revisit our allegiances so you and I can be sure of the goal. Do you see that last statement that the children of Israel said to Joshua? They said, whoever rebels against you in verse 18, whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words... Let me step back up. It says, uh, verse 17, Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as He was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandments, disobeys your words, whatever, your command, uh, whatever you command him, they shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. They said to Joshua, Joshua, just like we obeyed Moses and everything that he said will obey you. And on the one hand, I'm sure Joshua was like, man, that's great, thank you. Y'all followed Moses from, from Egypt to here. But I would, if I were Joshua, I'm not. If I were Joshua, I'd say, you know what, I lived through all of that. Can we go a step further? Can we just stop your complaining? If I say it, God says it. If God says it, let's just do it. Let's don't complain about it. Let's just do it. But they said, we'll, we'll do everything that you command, just like Moses. You and I must revisit our allegiance. There was a day in your life, most of us, not to say that everybody here is a brother, not to say that everybody here is a son or a daughter of the king, but for most of us, those of us who have bowed the knee, those of us who have stated with our lives, I surrender, there was a moment that you stated your allegiance to Him. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. 
You stated it with your mouth, but something on the inside happened. It, it was transformational inside, and He changed you. He brought you alive spiritually, for you were dead. And that allegiance started. You were enemies against Him, but you came to know Him. I came to know Him, and you and I are now sons and daughters. But just like the children of Israel, His chosen people, their allegiance had to be revisited so they could be sure of the goal. Fast forward to the end of the book after every tribe has their inheritance. Joshua is coming to the end of his days and he says this. And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve. And His voice we will obey. Joshua made a covenant with the people that day. And he put in place, he put in place this covenant. All these statutes and rules for them at Shechem. And he stated this, Therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the little g-gods. Put away those false gods that your fathers served beyond the river, that they served in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether it's the God of your fathers, that they served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you now dwell. But as for me, and as for my house... We will serve the Lord. Fathers, you are the head of your household. Moms, God has you in a special place. Sir, ma'am, He calls you today. Look back at that allegiance. He's drawing you back. Would you obey? Heavenly Father, I bow before you. Father, what a word. What a, what a word for today. Not for days in the past. Father, not even for days out in the future, but for today. Lord, we're so busy. God is so easy for us to go another day. So easy for us to just coast. But Lord, would you draw us to yourself? God, would we understand that obedience precedes those blessings that you have and you want for us? Would you call us back to this allegiance? You are Lord, we are not. You are Master. You are Savior. We are not. We are ones in need of a Savior. I don't know what God has spoken to your heart through this message this morning, but I believe that He has spoken. I have asked, and I believe that He will do far more exceedingly than I could ever ask or think. And I believe that He is working in your heart this morning. Would you be willing, sir? Would you be willing, ma'am, 
to obey. We're going to stand and we're going to sing. The invitation is for you. The response is for you. The altar is open. If you want me to pray with you, I'll be here to pray with you. I want you to respond as God would have you. As Sean and the band leads us, you stand.